Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello and welcome in. It is the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew. The incomparable Drew Forehand at the controls. Bill is on his way into the studio. Uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll hear from him shortly, uh, and we'll, he'll explain uh, the delay uh, that, that caused him to miss the beginning of the show. But Bill Cameron will join us uh, very soon on an exciting day in the world of college athletics. Championship week in college baseball. They're trying to play some baseball in Hoover, but... Uh, they've got documentaries on the SEC network right now, which tells you that it is, in fact, a weather delay up in Hoover, a, a routine on the Tuesday and Wednesday of SEC media days, seemingly, to have the tarp on the field, and we'll see when uh, they can get action resuming. I, I think they were able to play some baseball before the uh, uh, before the the uh, weather caused a delay, but that's where the, the SEC network is right now. Let me, let me see if we can get... We'll try to get some scores for you. Uh, in the meantime, Auburn and Missouri scheduled to play at 8 o'clock tonight, that game on SEC network. Weather permitting and also time permitting. We'll see how much baseball they can get in uh, uh, t- today and uh, tonight uh, if they have to push until... Uh, right now we're in a weather delay in the A&M Tennessee game. They were able to play a game Earlier today, uh, South Carolina uh, defeated Georgia nine nothing. So South Carolina moves on. A and M was leading Tennessee three uh, nothing when a rain delay. Uh, let's see how deep into the uh, into the game they were. I believe they were about to start the ninth inning uh, when the uh, current rain delay uh, p- popped up. So we'll we'll see if they can get that. Uh, we'll see if they can get that settled and get this game finished. So they're not. They're. Not, I mean, with with Alabama Kentucky scheduled to start at four thirty, that that could. Yeah, that that could be jeopardized now with the uh, you know the the indeterminate weather delay and the fact that they have to finish up A and M Tennessee, but but I don't think it's it could it could have been uh, a lot more uh, disruptive the the weather so far. The fact that the George South Carolina game is over and now you've got an A and M Tennessee game that is close to over. We'll we'll see how uh, uh, we'll see if they can get back on the field to finish that one. But Auburn uh, riding a uh, an incredible. Uh, win streak. This team is, uh, is is hotter than they've been in uh, to, to close out the regular season uh, in in Coach Thompson's tenure as the uh, as 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 Auburn head coach. So this is a uh, this this is a team uh, on uh, on a on a serious winning streak. We were able to talk uh, uh, through through our buddy uh, Jacob Goins. We were able to talk to Justin Kirby yesterday as part of Tiger Takes and hear some uh, some inside baseball about the success. Of the Auburn baseball team as they head into the postseason, Auburn Missouri tonight on the SEC Network. We'll talk with Bill Cameron about that. It's a Tuesday here on the Drive, which means we're going to talk uh, with both Barrett Salee and 
Jake Crane. Uh, hour number one, we're going to have Barrett uh, right around 4.30. Uh, Jake will have uh, in hour number two right around 5.30. Barrett from CBS Sports and Sirius XM. Uh, Jake uh, from Crane and Company, which you can access uh, via uh, the Internet. Uh, that's that's how I hear you get the show, uh, Drew. I believe it's a show on the internet, uh, so you can uh, you can you can find Crane and Company that way. Uh, the uh, let's take care of some business here. If you if you'd like to, uh, uh, hour number one of the drive is sponsored by our friends at Kia of Auburn and KiaofAuburn.com. dot com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. Just off of South College, a big shout out to everybody at Kia of Auburn. If you'd like to join the show, uh, you can call the hotline, also sponsored by Kia of Auburn, 334-321-1390. That's 334-321-1390, the number to dial. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the drive text box. That's presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts, and we will, uh, I think we have had a text message from uh, someone on the text box yesterday. We talked about it a little bit during the commercial break. Dude, Drew, I don't. Did we get to? Uh, did, did we get to the the, the text from Mitch on the air? That's right. Okay, so so we'll we'll see if we can. Uh, I'll, I'll wait for Bill to get in here, but we have a question pending in the uh, in, in the text box, and you're welcome to send questions as well. It's open twenty four seven. So if you don't listen to the show live, if you're one of the podcast listeners, three three four five six four eighteen forty, a great way uh, to interact with the show if you would like to do so. Sign your messages uh, if you uh, if if you want some credit. Should we choose to read your question? On the air and uh, and the text box and the podcast are both presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. You can get the podcast at ESPNAU.com. You can get the podcast at uh, RadioAlabama.net. You can also uh, use your favorite podcasting platform. Just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron and you should be able to find the show. That's all presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. So college baseball action tonight uh, in, uh, in Birmingham, Auburn, and Missouri uh, scheduled to play from Hoover. Uh, that's uh, the, the the eight o'clock scheduled start. Four thirty uh, is the, the next game is scheduled to start at four thirty. That's the Alabama Kentucky game. Uh, they've got to finish up A and M Tennessee, which is currently in a rain delay uh, in Hoover. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll keep you posted on what we know about that uh, right now. The SEC Network showing uh, uh, documentaries about uh, college baseball seasons past, so that tells you uh, that they are still sorting things out weather wise uh, there in uh, in Hoover. Uh, we were talking to. Uh, Brian Matthews, who plans on attending uh, the the event or the game tonight, uh, talking to Brian uh, yesterday, and, and he's he's going to sort of wait and see on the weather before he makes the drive out there, which is an advantage that you have being as close to Hoover as Auburn is. Is that uh, you can uh, you can wait and see on the weather. I mean, I know Auburn's team is already in Hoover and they've they've gotten themselves ready to play tonight, but for folks who are, I mean, you could you could leave. I mean, you could leave in a couple of hours and make first pitch, especially if it doesn't make the eight o'clock scheduled tip. I mean, you could probably leave just before seven and and be in the traffic, you know, permitting and and driving safely, of course. But I mean, I'd, I'd say hour and a half, you know, just just under two hours is is probably about right. So it's uh, you know, there there are probably people in Auburn right now who plan on going to the game after work if they can uh, if they can swing it. So hopefully it doesn't stretch too late into the night. But a weather delay uh, right now in the Tennessee Texas A and M game is uh, putting uh, put, putting the the brakes on the SEC tournament at least temporarily. They're still going to try to play. 
play Alabama, Kentucky. They're still going to try to play Auburn, Missouri. Uh, those games could be at least a little bit delayed. I know the tarp was on the field earlier, but uh, that that the A and M Tennessee game in the uh, going into the ninth inning, I believe. I, I see exactly when it was. I, I believe they've got eight innings in the books, and then they were about to start the ninth when uh, the uh, when when they decided to call the rain delay instead. Three nothing. Is the score at Tennessee only one hit uh, through eight innings against a Texas A&M team that you know some folks had them pretty close to the bubble. They're a three seed in a few of the projections out there. So A&M with uh, with a lot to gain, and that's a that's a good coach there, uh, Jim Schlossnagel, two of the top uh, two two of the highest paid coaches in the conference going at it in the A&M Tennessee game. In Tony Vitello uh, of Tennessee and uh, Jim Schlossnagel of uh, Texas A&M, which is uh, uh, it's a, a fun name to say. Uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be careful with it there, Drew. But uh, uh, Jim, Jim Schlossnagel, uh, the, uh, the the Auburn transfer portal news, nothing, uh, n- nothing breaking in the last couple of hours. But there's still, I mean, we're we're in wait and see mode on multiple fronts. There, you've got Janai Broom who has a decision to make before the. Uh, end of the month, Janai Broom has to decide if he's going to uh, begin a professional career or if he's going to stay and play another year of Auburn college basketball. So Auburn waiting to see on their second team all-conference center from this past year what he's going to do. As we've discussed before, it would just be, I mean, it would be a tremendous setback seemingly to this season. If Janai Broom decided to stay in the draft, and it might be the best thing for Janai, depends on what he's hearing and what he wants out of his career. I'm not. I'm not saying, you know, Janai has to worry about this, but looking at things right now, you know, it would be just a. It would it would be really tough to replace Janai Broom with Janai Broom level uh, production with the options in the transfer portal right now in college basketball. Now, could the options in the portal change as we get closer to the deadline? I think certainly there, there are going to be big names, relatively big names, in college basketball who decide they're going to drop out of the NBA draft, but they might reopen their recruitment and be pursued by schools that are trying to fill needs at this point in the offseason. There's also the chance that if Auburn went without Janai Broom, it would. They would have to alter the style of play. Certainly, I mean, if if Jalen Williams and Dylan Cardwell and Cheney Johnson and Chris Moore are the primary options at the four and the five, that suggests a team that's really going to try to run and use its lack of size as an advantage. You know, as as a, as a weapon rather than having to be reactive. That's that's a you know that 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 seems like a front court that would need to. That would need to try to outrun and outspeed other teams' bigger forwards and centers. If Auburn couldn't, if Auburn that's that's if Auburn lost Janai Broom and they couldn't add from the front court or, or to the front court from the transfer portal between now and the start of the season. So there's some big ifs there, but it's I mean that that's a that's a big decision. We're waiting to see if uh, if the uh, if, if if Auburn is done on the football front. I mean we have. Uh, some, uh, I mean, there, there, there's been a lot of activity lately with the, uh, with, with multiple players joining Auburn just in the last week or so uh, from the, uh, from the transfer portal, and and 
these are guys who look like just based on their track records and how much college football they've played in their careers. I mean, these could be uh, very impactful additions to the roster, and we'll, we'll see if, uh, if if Hugh Freeze and his coaches are finished there. And and there's, I mean, there's there's more. I mean, there's there's more transfer portal concern and on the softball front. I know Denver Bryant jumped in today, and that's that's a new reality. Is I think especially in baseball and softball, you know, you got to brace yourself after a season ends for, uh, for for players to jump in. And you know, I, I don't know how many need to jump in on the softball front before you start to you start to get concerned. But it's um, you know, it does feel like Auburn has lost a couple of pieces that they were. Looking to, to to build around in the last uh, in in the last few days, we're gonna. Bill Cameron just walked in, so we're gonna talk with Bill Cameron about everything going on in the world of sports. Tell you what, we'll take a break. Get uh, Bill uh, situated in. He can tell us uh, about a. Uh, about the the, uh, the the troubleshooting uh, he did in order to get here and, uh, and 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 a whole lot more. But we're going to take a break first, so we'll be back. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of the Drive. So you want to know what it's like to be a college student at Southern Union? I'll tell you. You get the best of both worlds. Low costs and small class sizes, plus all the perks that come from attending a school in an ideal college setting. Get as involved on campus as you want, or buckle down and get ready to join the workforce fast. Visit suscc.edu to schedule an in-person tour or to register now for next semester. Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. I was going to say, you could bring it back since you brought it in. But welcome back, or, or welcome me, uh, to the <laughs> to the Tuesday drive. Yeah, off to uh, a bit of. I never a, feel comfortable bringing it back start. in when you're in the studio. Well, you can it really do that. That's fine. I know. I, I don't have a problem with it. I don't either. It's just it feels like out of out of habit. You know what I mean? I'm 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 I slide over to the co-pilot seat when the when, when the when the pilot gets here. And, and well, now, I couldn't pilot. Ca- I couldn't pilot anything. Yeah. I, I I went to leave. Now right, you're so, captain of speed. Yeah. Okay. So I went. I went to leave uh, the office on campus, and I had not. I mean, had, hadn't had any troubles at all. But when I went to unlock the car, I realized. Gee, did my thumb slip? You know, you push the button to unlock it, and I thought, well, I, and I pushed it again and unlocked. And I got in, and it wouldn't start. And then it, it flashed up a, you know, cannot, uh, do not detect key. And it's like 404 well, error sort of situation. Right, right there. There it was right there in my hand. And the next thing it said was, I've got one of those push to start. It's a push to start. Um, so it said, press key fob. Of course, from the 70s. You just, you just had the push no, it's to start. Not. You just had the push to start and solve. No, it's not. Uh, I've, I've, I've had plenty of cars since the 70s. Uh, when I did that, it, a couple of lights came on and then blinked and then that was it. And I thought, is there a problem with the fob? Fortunately, we have, we have a wonderful uh, engineer. I mean, he can fix just about anything. And it's, it's amazing. 
I've had so many things that have uh, I, I thought going to need to be sent off to be repaired. Ken's been he's our he's our version of today. He was he was today he was uh, talking to Hari about MacGyvering. Is it or, Q? or Inspector Gadget. Q, right? Is is, yes. is the guy from uh-huh. uh, James Bond? Right? Sure yeah, is. That, that's we've we've got our our version of Q in the in the in in the on campus. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Anyway, so 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 Ken said, "Let me look at it. Let it's me not see great what I can you need do. to find something specific in the workshop." No, you're right about that. Well, but he knows where it is. He knows where he can find is. it. He knows where everything. No is. one else can find anything there. But um, but he he then proceeded to to open up the key fob. There was something loose that shouldn't be loose in there. Now I don't know if that was affecting anything. But he said, "I can. I think I can fix that." So he gets out the soldering iron and he tells me that this needs to connect to that and and gets it done. In the meantime, I've called Dan. Let him know. Hey, I, my car's not running, but I may need a ride. I go out and still nothing. So I'm I'm about to call Dan to get a ride, and fortunately. My son, who works a couple of buildings behind us, is driving through the parking lot. He's pulling through the parking lot because it's easier than going through Tumor's Corner to go home. And so uh, so I got him to give me a ride all the way out to my house to get my extra key fob. And we come back, and it didn't work. And I went, well, that seems like the battery <laughs> after all this. So we jumped it off, and... And my vehicle is now over at Franklin, where they're checking it, and uh, I'm sure getting the getting the battery replaced. Now the question is, will my initial key fob work after it's been soldered by Ken? But I know the other one does, so um, it could be worse. Now, were you you were dropped off here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scott we'll, dropped me we'll off. Get, we'll get you to Franklin. Scott dropped me off. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if my wife will pick me up and and. Get to Franklin and get the dog. We've still got still got lots of logistics. Take the ambulance. Take the ambulance to go get the and dog. Just leave and it. And just leave. And just leave it. Yeah, and, or or drive it home in case you know it's more more intensive nah. work in Franklin. No, nah, I mean, well, I mean, go and don't say that because they said, oh, no problem, no problem. If it's a battery, we've got that done for you. That's like good. All right, I'm sure they will. And that's the thing. I know it's in good hands now. Uh, don't but, mention it enough. The great work they do at Franklin Tire oh, Auto. Our, they, our friends. They have they have done they have done so many different things. I mean, they've taken care of multiple vehicles many many times and do a great great job. So, so yeah. So it's it's in a good place right now, and just uh, hoping that everything will be fine a little later on. We so were it's reading been, been one of those uh, sort of uh, rainy type days. Everywhere, not just up in Birmingham for baseball. We were reading an article off the air uh, the other day about an AM radio station in College Station, Texas, that dates back several generations. That does local commercials. Oh yeah, and it made me think about some of the ads we run, and, and you know we love love the Franklin ad, but they do. Uh, what was the? That's was, a jingle everybody knows. There was the, there was a body shop in College Station, and their their uh, their jingle was we we meet by accident. Remember it? Yeah, I think that's that is a great. I, now you shouldn't have mentioned that. I, I was going to say go out and pitch that. Well, we'll use it. You need to go out and pitch that to Ed or somebody, and go you know, you know, and and claim that you came up with. Shout it. out, shout out to Ed too, by by all means. Oh yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I won't need him again for a little while. But uh, but yeah, okay. So I'm here. I heard you talking yeah about baseball. I was watching, had it on in the background. Watch the um, the opening game. I mean, th- thus far, I mean, it's uh, uh, t- let's see a shutout in the opening game, and uh, we're in, an oh, inning away from a shutout in game two. A right? one hitter in the uh, Tennessee, just one hit on the board according to the scoreboard. Right. I saw they've, they've got uh, it's uh, to A and M leading Tennessee three nothing. I believe they're going to start 
uh, I believe they're about to start the ninth inning. They 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 had just gotten through the eighth. They were in the bottom. They were they were in the bottom of the eighth. I'll tell you this: they were in the bottom of the eighth, right at three o'clock when I was yeah. walking out the door. All right. So so a uh, a Tennessee hitter struck out for I think it was the yeah. So I think I think they've got yeah three outs in the bottom of the eighth. So they're going to start the ninth when the. Uh, when the game resumes, when it resumes. All right, so they've got, and Tennessee is the home team, so they'll have to play the entire night. So they're not too far behind right now. Up until then, I was thinking, man, it's amazing with the possibility of rain that they had uh, been able to play, you know, the first game and most of the second game. So, because the Alabama game is supposed to start at 430. And uh, now it's obvious. I mean, it's going to, since it's between sessions, they're going to have to clear the, uh, they're going to have to clear the stadium. So it's, even if they get started here in the next few minutes, and I would think that if they're about to resume, they would come back from, from their uh, rain delay coverage. Um, so even if they get started, it'll probably put things at least an hour behind right now. If they're able to play, I mean, within the next few minutes, and that's it's going to be difficult to get the the next session started before five thirty. Is, is there a is there a curfew or is there a time when they have to stop playing tonight? I I I no, I think it's one o'clock. Okay, I mean it's either midnight or one o'clock. But I but I recall games going well after midnight. So I. You know, maybe the that last, would be the bigger maybe concern, the last think, for tonight. Um, and we can check on this. It may be that a complete inning cannot start after midnight. It may be that that because that could still get you to twelve thirty. But I can recall quite a few times where um, where the last game of the day has lasted past midnight. Yeah, I'll see because I, I would wonder if if this game were delayed. You know, if if Auburn and Missouri didn't get started until closer to ten, for instance, um, how you know could could they would there be any concern about the game being called for time or postponed for time and then resumed tomorrow or anything like that? I don't I don't know what the uh, uh, you know what what the rules are if, if the the local neighborhood is uh, you know concerns are or you know if, if there's anything like that going out. I'll, I'll try to effort, right. I'll try to effort that. All right, the, 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 the SEC regular season rules were no game may start after 10 p.m. local time or resume after midnight local time. That was the regular season rules. Uh, I'm, feels I'm like they've efforting. broken that, feels like they've broken that in Hoover before, though. Like, uh, the, 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 those rules, I mean, they've, they've, like you were just saying, well, maybe resuming a game after midnight right. is, is, yeah, that's different than, um, yeah, so, so maybe, but like I was saying, Bill, there could be people in Auburn right now that plan on going to the game tonight, and you know they're they're very curious to see when they should leave and or whether or not there's there's going to be a game, uh, an entire game uh, played uh, this evening. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is the Kia of Auburn hotline. We'd love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports wise? Uh, yes, in the in the opening game, South Carolina. Um, no problem with Georgia, 9 nothing. so the dogs are out. Now, this second game, if, uh, if it holds up and Texas A&M beats Tennessee, that's probably not bad news for Auburn because Tennessee was the team right behind Auburn in RPI. So, I mean, Auburn, uh, I think Auburn is, appears to be in pretty good shape to host a regional uh, regardless of what happens tonight. But 
Tennessee losing doesn't hurt either because if Tennessee, if Auburn would have lost, Tennessee goes on a run. That could uh, probably that could have possibly moved Tennessee into a host role. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline and John is up first. Hey John. Hey guys, how are you all today? Uh, doing fine. Um, I just wanted to call in listening to today, but I was one of the ones who took advantage of his tickets that he offered last week, and I took my granddaughter to the Friday night game. Great! I just want I wanted to say I really appreciated it. Well, she, now she's only she's twenty eight months old, so <laughs> so she lasted three innings. And hey, that's that's was, pretty good. That's pretty good. She was going to turn. She was about to turn into a pumpkin. So <laughs> I, I, uh, but everybody around us when we were walking out, they were waving and telling her bye, and uh, she got to eat a hot dog and wear her her Auburn cheerleader outfit. Oh, that's just, that's great, Tex. I'm I'm sure. It, if uh, Tex usually is listening, if not, I'll, I'll definitely pass that along to him. Well, the fellow that was sitting next to us uh, uh, had his, had his number, and he texted him and told him. But I just wanted to say it on the air. Oh, I sure. Really well, we're we're we're, we're, we're glad you enjoyed it, and and yeah, those those are pretty darn good seats. That's wonderful. <laughs> they were. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Appreciate the call, John. Three 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 four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Haven't heard from Barrett Salee today. Guess they're not playing baseball at the same time this week. So we're looking forward to talking to him. Haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan here in the studio with Drew at the controls. And let's head to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And uh, it's been a couple of weeks as he's been, uh, he's been busy coaching. We'll get an update on, on, on how the team is doing as we welcome in our good friend from uh, CBSSports.com, Sirius XM, Barrett Selly. Barrett, how you doing, man? I'm great, guys. How are y'all? Pretty good. How's, yeah, how's Barrett, the? Barrett, I thought you were going to cook up another excuse today, like oh Spencer Strider's pitching tonight, so Barrett can't be on the show or something else. But it's it's great, it's great to talk to you after the the, the last couple of weeks. I hope little league season went well. Uh, well, it uh, <laughs> we had a kind of a 
an issue make, uh, making the championship in the uh, rec league. It was a little bit of a tough time. But then we, uh, right when that ended, uh, trans, uh, travel season started. So oh, practices yeah. nonstop. And it's, uh, it's, it's a busy, uh, man, it is a crazy time. I'm telling you, that, that will, that will well, keep. You know what? Yeah. Look, there's, I, don't, I don't know if you've heard the word May-cember going around, but that's exactly what it's like. Because December for us parents. Yep like nonstop stuff. You have to mm-hmm. uh, figure out what's going on. And, and the end of school is kind of the same way. I tell you, like, waking up and looking at my calendar every morning, I, I'm like, how the heck are we going to fit all this in? Like, logistically, who's getting which one, why, and how? Oh, yeah. It is. I mean, it is a, it, a logistical nightmare. I remember those days. Fortunately, uh, no, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're long gone now, so... Yeah, but, uh, uh, well, let's, let's talk about it sometime. I mean, there, there's been a little bit going on the last few weeks. Um, we'll, we'll start, we'll start with Auburn. I mean, uh, there were some Auburn folks just about a week and a half ago wondering, well, gee, what's, what's the deal here? There's not much moving in the transfer portal, but they've added another nine players here in the second one now, eight or nine players, and they're up to like 20 new, newcomers coming in through the transfer portal, but, that's just the way it is these days. I mean, when you have a coaching change, you'd better be able to take advantage of the uh, new opportunities like Transfer Portal. Yeah, and, you know, actually I'm writing a story about the Transfer Portal for Thursday. And, um, you know, Auburn's ranked second in our rankings. But, um, you know, I think you look at what uh, what a first-year coach can do. I think that's the most interesting part is that, you know, first-year coaches can cut players mm-hmm. um, or at least, you know, essentially cut them. Uh, and, you know, I think Dion made that clear, clearly a, a point of his uh, his employment. You, uh, I'm sure, it's a little bit tampered down, but, you know, you have to you have to put your stamp on the program. You have to build the roster the way you see fit, and it's hard to do that these days. So, um, yeah, I think Auburn's done a really good job. Wide receivers, especially on, you know, offensive line, they've, they've hit a little bit of everything, especially stuff that they need you know, beef up front on both sides and uh, some receiver help. And uh, obviously with what happened with Peyton Thorne, you know, that's that was expected. They, they get a quarterback and they got a pretty damn good one. So, you know, it's it's uh, for Auburn fans, I think you have to sort of look at this and say, okay, this is why we hired Hugh Freeze. At least during the first six months of his tenure, this is what he needed to do. This is what the expectation was, you know, for him. And, um, you know, so far so good. Yeah, and, and the the addition of Peyton Thorne uh, from Michigan State has probably been the splashiest of Auburn's multiple incoming transfers. What's the number at now, Bill? Are we at twenty one incoming? I think it's twenty incoming. Today. Yeah, well, I, I think the last guy that uh, some folks had assumed uh, it looks like Auburn's not going to uh, to bring in the um, the defensive back from New Mexico State. So I think that would put yeah. it at twenty. In nineteen out. What, what's your uh, what, what's your read on Peyton Thorne and, and what he what he brings in, especially if he can win the job immediately? Well, I mean, the, the success can't be argued, and you know he's not necessarily a difference maker through the air. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to look at him and say, "Oh, that's Tom Brady." You know, that's not who he is. But very effective, smart, can run a little bit, um, and you know, I, I know folks might laugh at this this comparison, but look at what Bo Wallace did. When he got to Ole Miss with you, kind of the same kind of guy, right? Um, smart, can read the box, understands what to do when he sees the numbers wherever they are, uh, can run a little bit. And, you know, I think that's, you know, Hugh had success. 
um, you know, with that kind of quarterback. And, and I would argue that Chad Kelly's kind of the same way, um, maybe a little faster, maybe um, not as, as adept to the air. But, um, you know, that's, that's the kind of quarterbacks that he likes. And, and yeah, Robbie Ashford's there, and Robbie Ashford can run. Uh, and, but I, I think that there's concern that he can't develop as a passer. You know, that's, when you're looking at the portal, you know, you kind of had, you know, certain names attached to Hugh, um, you know, not only, not really in the second one, but the first one specifically, you know, Grayson McCall was one, Spencer Sanders was one, you know, look at those guys. So that's the same kind of guy Pete Payton Thorne is, essentially. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, now that we've, we've gone through the first year of the, two different transfer portals. Um, I mean, we see that, that obviously the what you'd love to do is have everything taken care of in the first one. But, uh, but I yeah. mean, there, but there are still guys out there and there's still players right now that are looking. I mean, how, how do you assess this, the transfer portal, and do you think it will be anywhere near as active in the future as it has been here in, in its initial year? I don't think it'll be as active. I think that there will be so many horror stories that are um, spread around different, you know, different players, social media, camps, whatever. There are going to be so many stories of, oh, my gosh, I went to the portal thinking I was going to get all these offers and I ended up at a D3 school. Right. Like, I think that mm-hmm. um, I think more for the early uh, entrance to the early uh, entrance into the portal, because, I mean, it was so busy. Um, you know, in December and January. And I think a lot of those folks were disappointed in where they landed, if they landed anywhere at all. And, you know, I think that you're going to see that balanced out. I think one thing is you're going to see more in the spring and less in the fall. But I think you're going to see fewer players, too, because um, they all talk, they all know, they all understand um, the trials and tribulations some of their other uh, friends and and former teammates are going through. So uh, I do think you're not necessarily going to see players just up and leave you know you're you're not going to see players just roll the dice there's going to have to be a little bit more um, structure and um, a little bit more education a little more knowledge of, of what's out there before you hop in Barrett I think I kind of take the other side on this and, and if only it's because I would think that the gulf between what you can make in uh, power conference football uh, through NIL considerations you know it seems like that is going to get larger while we'll see what happens at the other levels of football. I don't know if the if, if, if there's going to be demand at at the power conference level for for talent, and I just wonder if players not playing at that level are always going to be sort of tempted to test the waters and see it. And the other thing I wonder if we're going to see moving forward is, I mean, now that we've seen a couple of coaches make over their rosters very quickly, is there more pressure to succeed? as a first-year head coach or as a second-year head coach than ever before? And are we going to see more turnover at the coaching ranks and more coaches having to go the Hugh Freeze, Deion Sanders route of making over a roster because they just arrived and, and they've got the authority to, to, to cut players and other things that you mentioned, Barrett? Well, that I think is so interesting because I think the ADs have to go through an education process too, right? Because I think... Um, there might there might have been some hires, Colorado's one, um, where you know you expect an immediate turnaround, or at least a, a turnaround that's big enough to you know appease fan bases. Um, you know, I think let's just use Colorado for example. If you're the AD of Colorado, if you're Rick George and you hire Deion Sanders, um, I guess the the initial assumption is okay, go make a bowl game, 
right? But you look at Colorado's roster, you look at their schedule, it's like, oh, man, four and eight's going to be tough. So if that happens, is Rick George upset at Colorado? Uh, maybe now, but three years from now, maybe he wouldn't be because, you know, the, the sort of um, expectations would be, you know, reset to where, you know, yeah, you have a good hire and a roster turn, turnover and all that other stuff, but, um, you know, so everybody else does too. So I think it, it, the expectations have changed temporarily. I think once the ADs, you know, sort of go through it, and and realize how first year hires what the expectation should be in a new era uh, of roster turnover. Then you're going to kind of see um, some, some normality, so to speak, into uh, what is just constant chaos these days. I'm, I guess I'm sort of in between you guys because I can see Barrett's side, and especially if you're getting nil money at a Power Five school, you may not be as anxious to jump in there. Unless you've got guarantee, unless you're a proven, I mean, you better be a big time proven commodity, uh, because you may be you may be losing a lot of money as well as looking for a place to play. I can see the uh, players from smaller schools wanting to play on a larger stage and feeling like they'll get uh, um, you know larger paychecks as well. Well, they will, and but that's also the thing is what time are you you know what day are in your in your if you're a player. And you're like, okay, I can go make some more money at Auburn than, you know, Kent State, right? Mm-hmm. Um, great. But does that, do you see yourself as an NFL player? Because if the answer is no, and you're at Kent State, then yeah, you're going to take the money at Auburn if you sit the bench, right? Um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how this whole thing you know, shakes out because, um, I mean, it, it, I, I, next next winter is, uh, where you really get the good grasp of, of what actually is going on. Talking about Barrett Salee from CBS Sports and uh, Sirius XM here on the uh, on the Tuesday edition of the Drive. We got to we got to carve out some Braves talk. Right? Yeah, we yeah we do. I was going to say though, uh, uh, I, I I see I see you're filling in for for our buddy who's who's on his honeymoon, uh, Jake. <laughs> and now Jake, I was going to yeah, say I went on. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I went on with uh, with those guys this morning, and you know, we had a good, in a good three, four, uh, four minutes of Braves talk this morning. So, okay, I was going to say because uh, we have to get it in where you can. Oh yeah, well, I was going to say, well, see, we normally call Jake. We usually have Jake on in the second hour, so we'll just call you back to make up for the last couple of weeks. Next hour, too, Barrett. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, let's. Hey, you know what? Jake's busy. He's on his honeymoon. Ah, uh, we know. Yeah. Stuff to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, let, let's do talk a little Braves. I mean, uh, um, you know. They're doing they're doing very well with Ron Lacuna just on a I mean he is on all kinds of record breaking uh, marks he is you know he's on pace to set but he's really is there anybody else uh, offensively who is having an above average start I I mean above average. I mean, above what what you would expect, just somebody's like, wow, they're playing way over their head. I don't see that from anybody else, and that tells me how good they are. Well, I mean, Olsen's at 13 home, 35 ribs, but he's he's at 230. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'd say Arcia is the one. Obviously, he was hurt. Uh, But, you know, I mean, is there anyone that's just out playing what we thought? No, I mean, I'd say 
Obviously, Harris is a disappointment. Sam Hilliard starting for him today. Right. Um, I mean, Mur- Murphy's that, um, Murphy's OPS for a catcher Murphy, being as close to a thousand as it is. I mean, I think you knew coming in that he had some. You know, he had some ability with the stick. Uh, Sean Murphy looks like a top tier catcher in baseball, and yeah, I mean, he does. You know, you know, who, you know who I would say is, and I hate that I'm not hate. I'm just floored that I would say this after what's gone on the last two months. But man. Marcelo Zuna has been money. May has been a whole lot better, hadn't it? Yeah, he's got what, like a nine. He's got like a nine-game hitting streak now. It's on his his May stats are like, I mean, unbelievable. You, I mean, it's like it's one of those things where I mean, you almost think all of them are typos. Like, is that the same dude that played baseball in April? Because it can't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that he played baseball in April. Is uh, is Harris is he, Harris getting sent down if, if things if things don't turn around for Harris? Do you keep him up? Uh, I would say let him sit for a few days, see if Hilliard can do his thing, and then at that point make a decision because you can't. You have to get him rest, right? He's not one of those mm-hmm. guys that oh yeah sit on the bench and figure it out. No, you don't want him rest, wasting so. on the bench at his age. Absolutely not. The other yeah, thing, so I, he's, I he's, think, yeah, he gets sent he, down. He's, he's got to play his way out of it. The, the other question I would have about the Braves would be if you don't get good news on the Kyle Wright and Max Fried front, are the Braves shopping for a starting pitcher before the trade deadline? You know, with with I think Giolito's the most interesting name that could be out there because the White Sox are yeah. taking on water and they got a bunch of terrible. guys that are uh, <laughs> well not not just they're not just terrible they're also they're terrible with a bunch of expensive veterans with some guys that, that a lot of teams would be interested yeah. in yeah, which, yeah, which, which right. I guess is the silver lining but this team was supposed to contend yep and instead yeah they're, they're yeah. gonna be they're gonna be awful and I don't know when they're not gonna be awful right like it's gonna be a they're, they're gonna be awful for a very long time <laughs> yeah and, and so, so yeah and, I mean Giolito seems like somebody that maybe the Braves would be after if, if they decided to go shopping for a pitcher. You know, people here are like all aboard the Madison Bumgarner train, and I'm like, y'all, okay, man, not five years ago. Maybe as your maybe as your twelfth or thirteenth guy, just uh, you know, just to see, but not somebody I'd plug in and just just stick him in the rotation. I tell you what, it's been amazing though. The young arms uh, have have been pretty good. Coming up, sounds like sounds like Max is progressing well. It's just uh, the questions about you know how much how healthy is everybody else going to be? Yeah, and you know I think that's that's why you're you got to go get somebody. And I don't know, um, you know, we need Michael Soroka back. And I just, I mean, Jared Schuster. Uh, I mean, if, if you do what you did the other day, I'm in. Um, so. I think there's some there's some answers. I don't know how many are good answers right now. I just don't want to have a bullpen game once every five games. I mean, I can't stand those bullpen games. They're so frustrating. Well, the Braves aren't like the only team that has to do that every once in a while. But, but oh, yeah, I know that's awful. I hate. It. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, I mean, nobody else in the East, uh, you know, can can get out of their own way. So, I mean, it it, it still looks like. A uh, pretty good situation because, like I said, I don't think everything's clicking yet, and they're still by far the best team in the division. Yeah, no, there's there, like you said, there are a few bright spots in in, in terms of outplaying the way we thought they play. Barrett, man, we really appreciate it. Let everybody know what what's uh, you got going on. You mentioned you've got a, a transfer portal uh, article in the works. Uh, tell us, you know, what all else you have going and how everybody can get it. Yeah, we have our 100 days to kickoff story for the, the first Saturday of the season. That's up today. And 
Uh, we'll have some uh, you know, transfer portal story, a few other things on tap this week. So plenty to keep you uh, occupied before you hit the pool, hit the beach, hit the mountains or whatever for Memorial Day weekend. Sounds great, Barrett. Thanks a lot, man. Have a great week. Thanks. I'll see you. See you. Barrett Salee joining us here on the Tuesday Drive. Great stuff, Barrett. Uh, you know, just as as always, Barrett Salee with the uh, you know with, with information. Miss, missed having him on the show these last couple of weeks. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get to our final break of hour number one. As we were saying, no Jake Crane today, as uh, he's honeymooning. But we, we've got. Uh, well, we were we were talking about running a little bit of. Uh, we, we had some. Yeah, the preview from Butch Thompson. Yeah. On uh, on Auburn in the SEC tournament, and it, speaking of the SEC baseball tournament, uh, they're they're projecting that they can start in about uh, eleven minutes. So that would put the start close to five. It's it's still going to be about an hour and a half behind. So now, if things go as scheduled, Auburn could be starting if there's no more rain, um, maybe around nine fifteen nine thirty. And that's if there are no more delays or extra innings or anything like that. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Come on in and join us here on the Tuesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final minute or so of hour number one. John, we we have about a minute. You want to... you want. You, you want to get on now, or you want to wait till the top of the hour? Uh, I can address it real quick. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I just wondered if y'all heard anything further from uh, the local sex lives and videotapes. Is Jack Quiz back on the team? Uh, no, I don't really. I mean... I know. I hear the two. The two things that have been reported are that there is an explicit video out there that may or may not uh, feature Jarquez Hunter, and that apparently there have been suspensions uh, for, from the university. University suspensions again. Yeah. That is not athletic suspensions. Oh, only, I do not on, believe. Only two things that I feel comfortable saying about it. But he has been one of those individuals suspended. There is no comment yeah, we, from the university. As we do to who not been know. Suspended. Right. We do not know who has been suspended. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it, John. We will get to our top of the hour. Uh, again, um, our thanks to Barrett Salee for joining us here in hour number one. Jake Crane is honeymooning, so we're wide open in hour number two. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390. We'll keep you updated on the SEC baseball tournament and more in hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika.
Sports Center. I'm Christine Lisi. The Celtics on the brink of elimination when they take on the Heat. Game four of the NBA's Eastern Conference Finals tonight, 8 Eastern ESPN Radio. Boston coming off a humiliating loss in Miami in game three, one in which Jason Tatum scored just 14 points on six of 18 shooting. None of that, though, matters at this point, says Tatum. I just got to do whatever it takes for us to win. Um, and, you know, whether I've been playing great or not, you know, we're down 0-3, so it hasn't been good enough. Um, so I got to do more. We all got to do more um, to do what we want to do. Celtics forward Jason Tatum is told to the NBA on ESPN Radio. In all of pro sports, only five teams have ever come back from a 3-0 deficit to win a playoff series. One in baseball, four in hockey, none from the NBA. Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers strained his cap in conditioning drills today. Downplayed the injury, said he doesn't think it's too serious. NFL owners voted to tweak the fair catch kickoff rule this season. A fair catch on a kickoff placed at the 25-yard line regardless of where it is fielded. Concussion rates on kickoffs have surged over the past two seasons. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help you protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, and RV, and more. And if something wasn't mentioned that you had in mind, find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Because it probably can be. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Hope everybody doing well on what's been an overcast, hasn't really rained it's funny, the last two days here in Auburn, the forecast has been for a lot of rain. We haven't gotten much rain here locally. Uh, it's rained some up in Birmingham, and uh, but they've been able to nearly finish two games today at the SEC Tournament. We'll talk about that and more uh, as we get started here in hour number two of the drive. Bill and Dan drew at the controls here in hour number two which is brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika. We'd love for you to join in, and you can by calling the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show. Uh, you can... Uh... You can text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, and they also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. Now, as we said, the uh, rain has affected play at the SEC baseball tournament. Uh, they, they were able to play game one without any delay. I mean, there was a drizzle throughout as uh, South Carolina... Excuse me, South Carolina thumped Georgia nine to nothing. Then the second game got started on time between Tennessee and Texas A&M and was moving along rather well. I mean, the game was through eight innings before three o'clock when the rains came. And uh, they've just now resumed. As a matter of fact, two down, top nine, Texas A&M batting and leading Tennessee three 
to nothing. So uh, this would conclude the early session of today. And if they get done here in the next, they go ahead and go three up, three down, and then get uh, Texas A&M gets Tennessee out with uh, without much delay, then the second session could start at around 6 o'clock. Now, it was scheduled to start at 4.30, so that means things are an hour and a half back. And uh, there will be 30 minutes after the Alabama-Kentucky game. That's when Auburn and Missouri are scheduled to start. However, the SEC um, has a rule. Uh, they they, they uh, started this year with no game can start play after 10 p.m. So if, uh, if the Alabama game ends after 9.30, then the Auburn-Missouri game would start tomorrow morning. But uh, if there's not much more rain, Auburn and Missouri could be playing a late night game. Yeah, the, the Alabama-Kentucky game uh, could be, as, as Tennessee looks to get out of the top of the ninth inning, and they have, so uh, three outs away uh, from the uh, – they've got a – down three, Tennessee's got three outs to, uh, I to, believe, to keep this game going. I believe that uh, Tennessee has had one base runner in the game because it is eight nine one coming up. So just the and and so the, one hit, the no walks. The number the number eight hitter has the only hit of the ball yeah. game for Tennessee. So a, re- a real offensive struggle today for uh, for Tennessee. We'll see if they can rally in the ninth. If this game ends soon, one would think. Uh, it's got to be 45. It'll be 45 minutes for them to clear the stadium. So about an hour and a half or so from when Missouri-Alabama was supposed right. to start. Uh, the the Missouri-Alabama game, assuming you don't have a long bottom of the ninth or extra innings right. in uh, the Tennessee A&M game. Let's say, let's say best-case scenario, Alabama and Kentucky start at around 6. Then if they could play a brisk ball game. I mean, this ball game here, the Tennessee A&M game, was was moving at a clip that was going to be over in about two hours and fifteen minutes, two hours and less than two and a half hours. If Alabama and Kentucky can play a game that ends in say two and a half hours, then Auburn could start at around nine. That's about as early as possible for the Auburn Missouri game tonight. And we have some audio from Butch Thompson that we can run. During the hour, we'd love to hear from you, though, anything you want to talk about sports-wise. All right, continuing a little bit as we look uh, more at the SEC tournament. Got uh, one matchup for tomorrow and close to a second. The uh, um, South Carolina, the winner of that opening game, 9-0 over Georgia, will take on LSU tomorrow morning at 9.30. That's if Auburn and Missouri don't have to play tomorrow morning. And then uh, Texas A&M, three outs away from a matchup against the Arkansas Razorbacks in game two tomorrow. The Auburn, uh, the, excuse me, the Alabama Kentucky winner gets top seed Florida tomorrow, and the Auburn Missouri winner will take on Vandy. 
And that so, also scheduled for the late game tomorrow. Yeah, it should be a fun atmosphere with uh, Alabama and Auburn in action tonight in Hoover. Usually, yeah, usually. big crowds when, when those teams are playing in the evening session. And like we were saying, there could be some folks in Auburn who maybe they're going to go after work. Maybe they're going to go when it gets a little bit closer to the start. Brian Matthews was talking about waiting right. until it gets a little closer to first pitch uh, to get out there to Hoover. So you can see a pretty healthy Auburn contingent, not just from the Auburn fans that live in the area, but Auburn fans from here who may uh, may, may, may make the trip if if, uh, if they can, uh, if they can find a way uh, to Hoover in time for the game, yeah, may uh, have to check the, uh, the the weather for for Hoover for a little later on. Uh, and I'm sure if you're thinking about going, that's something you will definitely be doing uh, is checking that weather. I mean, I don't know. It looks like things here are clearing up. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the same up in uh, in the Birmingham area. Um, Let's see. I, I mentioned while we were talking with Barrett Salee that a guy yesterday, Brian Matthews, we were talking about um, Cyrus Dumas, uh, who he had he had announced that he was committed to Auburn, and uh, there had been some responses to that. But today, word is that Auburn is not going to be bringing Cyrus Dumas in, the New Mexico State transfer. Uh, as as we had it yesterday, that would leave Auburn right at the maximum number of scholarships, assuming no more attrition, and that everyone who has signed qualifies. That would put Auburn. Uh, I have Auburn. I would have. I have Auburn with eighty four scholarships, so they'd have one left. Um, now the other the other guy we've been talking about um, the the big offensive lineman. From uh, from Mississippi, the six nine three hundred and forty five pounder, uh, and I'm blanking on his name. Uh, is it Bell? Yes. Um, I believe that he has uh, opted to return to junior college and will be a twenty four signing. That'd be Markel Bell. Markel. The Bell. Uh, the, the uh, right. yeah the offensive tackle who had another year of junior college available and, and decided by the way I don't know if we mentioned that uh, the uh, James Madison Edge uh, decided to Ole go Miss. to decided to go to Ole Miss that's uh, Ukwu right mm-hmm. who, who was uh, who was Isaac Ukwu and they also you know they they'd all they had already gotten Stefan Wynn uh, the former Alabama and I think it was Nebraska player I mean so interestingly Ole, Ole Miss has brought in a couple of the more highly touted defensive guys up front out of the transfer portal. You know, we've had a couple of people uh, p- pivoting away from the portal for a second. We've had a couple of people asking about Auburn's deal with Under Armour because there have been headlines. John uh, John Cohen was asked about it recently. Uh, you know, th- there was the the news that Under Armour w- was uh, looking to get out of the Notre Dame deal uh, that they've uh, that they've made. So mm-hmm. there's uh, we we have a, a question into the text box again. You can text the show three three four five six four eighteen forty on the drive text box open twenty four seven. Shoot a text no matter when. If you're listening to the podcast later on, shoot us a text. We have somebody asking, what are the uh, companies that uh, do uniforms in apparel deals with colleges? Now, the uh, I believe I believe the apparel deals uh, include manufacturing of the of the football uniforms. Yes, could be wrong about that, but I think it's as far as I know. Yeah, and, they and, do. I'm, and I'm pretty sure it's just unless there's somebody who unless there's a company I'm forgetting about. I'm pretty sure at the at the D1 level, it's just Nike. Two syllables, Nike. Uh, there's, there's also Adidas, Jordan, 
and uh, and he may be listening. Uh, you've got Adidas, Jordan, Nike, and Under Armour as the four companies that I believe are still in the uh, apparel business. Maybe there's someone else. I know Russell was was Auburn's apparel. Yeah, they, for years and for years, years before. And, yeah, before Under Armour, and and still. Uh, I, I would say I think they're now owned by Fruit of the Loom. Uh, but if you if you buy Russell Athletic Apparel in blue or orange, still to this day, it's Auburn blue and Auburn orange. Like the, the Russell Athletic Navy blue mm-hmm. is is Auburn Navy blue. Not to say that you should wear that instead of like officially licensed stuff. But in, but but the the uh, the colors are still the uh, the, the colors for uh, for. for uh, for, for Auburn. So, anyways, those are the those are the four big players. I don't know if that was exactly what the question was was asking, but and I, I believe those companies. Yeah, they, those those would be your options. And they're, and they're, that Auburn is is uh, going to check out. And I'm pretty sure they're making the football uniforms. If that's part of the mm-hmm. deal, like that company, you know, they, oh, yeah. they manufacture football uniforms themselves in in the uh, at companies of that scale. The one hitter is complete. And wow, that was seed, quick. Yeah, and the ten seed is moving on. Uh, Texas A and M, who went in. I think on the safe side of the bubble uh, co- coming into this weekend, I mean, they're a three seed in most projections, and, and a few people have had them as a three seed. Uh, in in uh, well, there's, there's Dallas Baptist is the Texas team that a lot of people think uh, will have a chance of hosting. Uh, so you could, have, uh, you could have A&M and Texas and Dallas Baptist all in the same regional. Uh, but the, uh, uh, the, A&M, uh, the A&M Aggies improving their position. Uh, oh, yeah. And, 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 and beating Tennessee. And Tennessee probably can... Uh, Forget about hosting a regional now. I know the SEC Network had really been touting Tennessee and how hot they'd been. It's crazy. The other day, I heard talk about uh, you have to look at Tennessee. Tennessee started the year 5-10 and 10 in conference play, and they finished with 16 wins. Tennessee was 11-4 and four in the second half of the SEC. Yeah, and, and Auburn was 12 and 3 in the second half of the SEC. And Tennessee was one spot behind Auburn. So that is probably good news for Auburn that Tennessee has been uh, eliminated. They're done. Now they'll wait until um, Sunday or Monday. All right, and some clarification about yesterday. Yeah, Sunday, all 16 regional hosts will be announced. Then Monday, the rest of the field will be announced. For the uh, for the NCAA baseball tournament, no Jake Crane today. He's on his honeymoon. We, we might play some. Uh, speaking of baseball, we might play some Butch Thompson audio at the bottom of the hour, right? Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Anything you want to talk about sports wise, we'll get to our first break of hour number two. Come on in and join us here on the Tuesday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the Controls. And uh, the first round of the SEC baseball tournament is now in the books. About uh, well, about two hours later than it uh, than it would have been because of the rain delay up in Birmingham. Hey, I just checked the weather forecast for Hoover, and there is no more than a fifteen percent chance of rain until well after midnight. So it looks like they should be able to play. So Alabama. And Kentucky 
will play the first game of Session 2, and uh, that one should start right at 6 o'clock. They have to clear they have to clear the uh, stadium, and then they'll get started. Um, so they'll be about right at an hour and a half, 90 minutes behind because of the rain. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk some more baseball. Well, actually, we'll have some baseball talk from, uh, from Butch Thompson. Yeah, uh, good. Coming good. up later in the show. Good to hear that uh, Tommy Vale is getting the start. I mean, boy, you couldn't ask for a better situation. I mean, you hate to be playing. I don't know that you hate to be playing, but it's tough playing a team for a fourth straight game after you've beaten them three, but you're sending out the guy who's been your ace in Tommy Vale uh, against Missouri tonight. Alabama, Kentucky, so uh, the, the winner there to take on Florida. So we have the matchups for round one of the day two of the SEC tournament. It'll be South Carolina and LSU, followed by Texas A&M and Arkansas. Now, South Carolina is another team that could mess things up a little bit for Auburn. If Auburn were to go out tonight be eliminated in one game. They still look like they'd be hosting, but what if but not if South Carolina makes a run. South Carolina is uh makes it to the weekend, then they'd have a pretty good argument. They have had one of the top RPIs nationally all year long, but they have struggled big time down the stretch. But if they were able to turn it around, make a big showing in the SEC tournament, that might move them back into the talk of hosting a regional. Yeah, and I think Auburn, I mean, all they can worry about right now is taking care of business against right. Missouri. Uh, but Auburn has played their way into conversation, at the very least, to be one of the top 16 teams. I think projections well, I, are a little I, bit split. Well, I've, I've seen three projections that have Auburn hosting now. Okay, maybe maybe they're not as split as they used to be then, because it was it was more up for debate. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, going into uh, you know going into this past weekend as to where Auburn sat. I know Baseball America updated their projections today. They've got Auburn as the fourteenth, uh, the, the fourteen overall seed, and I believe that's where uh, D one Baseball has Auburn. And that's well, um, that's no D one Baseball has got Auburn as a twelve. I think D one Baseball's got Auburn as the twelve. Uh, Auburn's regional, according to uh, D one Baseball, or this is according to Baseball America. Auburn's uh, regional would be uh, two seed Texas, three seed Troy, four seed Samford. So. I- yeah, that's interesting. I think I like D one baseballs better because it had uh, it had three teams. In it. Of course, not knowing I, their names is not that big a deal in baseball. I could see Troy and Samford yeah. in the regional though if Auburn is. Oh, that, that'd the be host. great because because of the fact that they are are both in state teams and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like. I mean, Alabama is not projected to host in. Um, Alabama is not projected to host in the by baseball America in, in the baseball America rankings. Sorry, there's a they are spider, they are spider crawling across the sign there. It's it's it's. Oh, I wonder why you're you're, you're staring intently at our. At well, our, I thought uh, I saw something. W A and I. I thought I saw something moving on the W A and I sign. Usually, the, it's see. I have floaters. When you get old, that's right? Just no, it's, it is. It, there's definitely a spider over there. It just it just as soon as I mentioned spider, it went behind the sign. <laughs> but it's I swear I swear it's over. It there. heard it heard you say that. It did. It's a little bit shy uh, here in the studio. Uh, but the. Uh, no, the, the SEC teams, uh, Baseball America has uh, hosting. They've got Florida as the two seed overall. They've got Arkansas as the third overall seed. They've got LSU as the fourth overall seed. They've got Nashville, uh, so they've got Vanderbilt as the uh, seventh overall seed. Uh, they've got Kentucky as the 11th 
overall. They've got South Carolina as the 13th overall, and they've got Auburn as the 14th overall. Alabama and Tennessee, two seeds in the Baseball America projections that were released earlier today. 334-321-1390. What's your uh, feeling on Janai Broom, Bill? Didn't talk about it much in the first hour. I think it's a really. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's a coin flip. Every day, I really don't know. Every day goes longer. You get more concerned. And you saw the news about Charles Bediaco of Alabama. He's staying in the draft. How about that? Yeah. And he is going to accept one of the two way deals. Yeah, Bediaco, who was a you know a big part of uh, big part of Alabama's success the uh, the last couple of seasons, a guy who uh, was um, yeah was you know figured to be a big piece moving forward. Uh, for Nate Oates in Alabama, but instead he's going to try to play his way into the NBA uh, the hard way and, and in the meantime uh, earn some money as a professional basketball player in the G League. But yeah, Betty Ako making the decision. Alabama could be Alabama could be shopping for front court pieces. If uh, well, I think well, I think they ought got to be now yeah. with Betty Ako gone. Right, and uh, that that's also uh, I think we're still waiting to hear what Kobe Brown is going to decide to do. Yep. Sounds like he's a player, Alabama native, Missouri forward this past season. Mm-hmm. Kobe Brown sounds like a player who's improved his standing among the NBA folks. Maybe not a first-round pick, uh, but a guy that looks like he could contribute early. I kind of think Kobe Brown staying in the draft. Like that that's another guy to me where I, I just I wonder if he if he doesn't stay in the draft, if Kobe Brown's in the SEC next year, he's going to be He's going to be a trendy pick for awards if he comes back with the way he, oh, the you're way not he closed kidding. the season. And that's if he's at Missouri. I have a feeling if he comes back and plays college basketball next year, he's not going to be at Missouri, though. No, I think you're right. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, he'll probably be closer to home. And uh, you, you can go ahead and say where you Well, think. no, I mean, I, I, just, I just heard that if, if he decided to be closer to home, he'd go to Alabama. And doesn't Betty Yako leaving also sort of create a little more runway? That's for true. Kobe? Even though, I don't know, Kobe, Kobe's not really a true five. He's not, but it opens up front court minutes, I right. suppose, depending on what Alabama wants to do with their bigs. That allows Nate Oates to have five out. That can that can shoot, Ooh. and he has no problem with that. Well, Kobe has the, Kobe has the five in like a in like a fast yeah. spread offense Ooh. as a stretch five yeah. three 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 four three two one thirteen ninety. John is up next. Hey, John. Hey, uh, I hate to call back, but I had another burning question in my soul. <laughs> I All know right. we had another uh, uh, softball player supposedly transfer out or Denver uh, Bryant entered the portal. Yes, and it's been insinuated that it's uh, nil, and this, it was reported that. Alabama and Auburn don't really have a strong NIL excuse me, uh, game for softball. If that's the case, what was it, 97 was our first uh, Title IX when Auburn brought up softball? Uh, yeah, back. I think that's right. Given, given female, you know, the girls an opportunity to come to school for a free or at least a uh, scholarship for softball, and now we're at the point of having to pay to keep our players. And I just don't understand how this NIL pot is working. Is it the coaches that have access to the fund and go to these, uh, whoever the director is and say, hey, I need uh, money for my so-and-so player or she's uh, looking at uh, going somewhere else? Yeah, I yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how that works. I mean, of course, the way NIL was intended is nowhere near what it is now. What NIL was intended to do was for players that were making names for themselves be able to take advantage 
and capitalize and get get you know and it's a, get and, paid for that. And make no mistake, I mean, a lot of the football players that are choosing Auburn from the transfer portal, NIL seems to be a factor. You know, the guys leaving the group of five to come play at Auburn. It's not just the opportunity to play in the SEC. I think it's also oh, the opportunity to earn SEC related absolutely NIL money. NIL giveth and NIL can take it away well, because if you're not if you're not prioritizing a certain sport the way other schools are. Then your best players might might decide they they'd rather go pursue opportunities in, at that school. And and as I mentioned I mean, yesterday, one of the things I mentioned yesterday is you have to keep in mind that in collectives, uh, in in many cases, uh, the contributors can designate where they want that money to go. Uh, and and apparently, I mean, there's no no shock that at Alabama and at at Auburn, I mean, right now. The bulk of that of the designated monies are for football, so it's very difficult then to say, well, let's let's take some of that football money and and give it to um, to other sports. That that's where you've got to uh, either try to raise money specifically for those sports or find matches for those athletes to be able. To get that NIL money, I don't follow what the other collectives are doing around the country or around the conference as closely as I probably should be if I want to talk about NIL like this. There has been, I feel safe saying, there has been criticism that maybe Auburn's largest NIL group, Onda Victory, publicly at least, doesn't prioritize women's sports enough. And I'd say maybe that's true of other collectives, too. In the Southeastern in the Conference, South, the South, I think you're right. And maybe there could be other there could be exceptions where a certain sport, Tennessee basketball, for instance, is, is maybe treated a little bit differently by the NIL collectives. But there has been... I've seen criticism, uh, and, and some of it even in the aftermath of a couple of softball players deciding to go into the transfer portal, that, that yeah. it seems like... Yeah, maybe maybe on to victory could focus some of their attentions more on women's sports. They've got a lot on their plate, though. I, I understand. You know, it's 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 you know every every dollar that goes from somewhere goes there's, somewhere else. But there, yeah, and and there is a certain amount. I mean, there's a there's a cap to the amount of money that there is. But even if it's a even if it's yeah. attention on social media, right? Even if it's tweet, even right. if it's, it tweets and and posts on Facebook about Auburn's women's programs, you know, th- th- I think someone on social media said it had been 90 days since Onda Victory had tweeted about a women's sport in, in Auburn. So I, I can see that that that's something that as NIL evolves, uh, we'll we'll see, you know, who who wants to prioritize that. I don't I mean, I just don't understand or see how outside of its intended uh, function like if you know a star player on the softball team has a deal with a local you know car dealership or mm. eating place or whatnot. I don't see how outside of that it's going to be able to maintain. You know when you're asking the fans or an alumni to continually pump in millions of dollars a year on top of uh, what you're already giving to uh, you know the scholarship donations. I just don't see how that's going to be sustainable. Yeah, the yeah, NIL that's co- what a lot. That's what a lot of folks well, are saying. Well, the NIL yeah. collectives to me feel like a way to legally allow the ultra wealthy to influence college athletics in a way that before it was sort of under the table bagmen and you know oh he owns the mm-hmm. he owns the local car dealership or he owns the whatever and and I think now it's almost yeah I, I don't think folks you know who worry about their discretionary income should be and, and I I you know I'm not going to win many friends at NIL collectives for saying this I don't know if they should be worrying too much about donating to NIL or, or trying to to influence it it seems like a thing for 
no, the I mean, I've, especially no, she, absolutely. I mean, and I and, and I, I've I've had a couple of people tell me, and I've read a couple of comments from. I'm trying to pay my bills. I can't afford no. to, you know, I can't afford to subsidize everybody else. Yeah, well, that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I appreciate y'all time. Thank you, sir. Oh, no problem, John. Appreciate the call. Uh, we need to get to our bottom of the hour break. If we have time, when we come back, we'll let you hear Butch Thompson previewing Auburn in the SEC baseball tournament. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Tuesday drive. Yep, uh, Alabama and Kentucky about 25 minutes away from starting, and then Auburn and Missouri to follow. Weather looks pretty good for the rest of the night there in uh, Hoover. So should be able to get all four games in. And, of course, Auburn and Missouri will wrap things up. Auburn, the hottest team in the SEC, if not the hottest team in the country. And uh, Auburn coach Butch Thompson spent a little time with the media yesterday talking about the Tigers as they get ready for tonight's SEC tournament opener against Missouri. I'm excited. We had we had a great preparation today and spirited. That was kind of the spirit was the word today and started with infield outfield just to get guys flying around. So we've worked hard for a long time like other ball clubs to to be playing for something. It's a second wind, whatever you'd call it, like the the runner when you think, man, maybe you can't go anymore and then it, it, it hooks up a second wind. So we're trying to sell that with our ball club heading into arguably the best amateur tournament that <laughs> exists on the planet. So, yeah, take a little second win, had great preparation, good spirit from the ball club, and excited to get on the bus and go up and, uh, you know, see the venue. It's a pretty amazing place to play. It's been there so long that you know, that Hoover is, like, synonymous with Omaha and uh, the fanfare, uh, the RV, the fields they have down below. It's just uh, it's an amazing experience and with over – Half of this team being new, they get to experience it for the first time. Have you spoken to your team any about this business? I guess Well, you know, we probably could do a little, keep working hard in the classroom, but they, I think they can all read and write. And uh, you guys do such a good job. And college baseball is covered so much better now than it's ever been. Um, these, these guys are, they're reading, they know. 
I just I just keep them on the I, I pull things too, you know, because I didn't know that going into till I get some information and see things. I'll pull one or two threads, but these guys are, you know, when I'm sitting at home with my girls or if I'm here with this ball club, if we're not in a meeting or on the field or something, if you're just walking through the locker room, if there's ten guys in there, nine of them has a phone about three inches from their face, so they they're aware, they know. Well, we finished as strong as we could after the first half. I mean, basically, I, I thought the team, even the benchmark and, and the goal that we set for them, they they, they shattered that. So, uh, kudos to the to the team. And that's you know that's some of the noise that I'm talking about. Or just you can't control everything, and uh, it is out of our control. So that'll go to a, a committee, and and every team is. You know, logged whatever they've done the entire year and put forth a resume, if you will. And um, I think the SEC tournament's big is how to answer the question. I still think there's a lot out there. Um, you know, we're absolutely feel like we're playing for something. And, uh, and Missouri, we're playing them again. It'll be the fourth game in a row that both teams are playing for something. But really, this this whole tournament has great meaning. Um, and as far as seating, positioning. Can, you can continue to build your resume. So I think there's as much interest in this SEC tournament as there has been in the past few years. I do. I feel like uh, we're selling it as he did a bullpen the other day. I thought, and with his approval, you know, he looked like Casper the little friendly ghost when I grew up. I don't know if it's Casper's still around or not. but um, So we just used that as his bullpen through a couple innings for us and gave us everything he had and absolutely that's us putting our best foot forward there's no you got to go do this you got to do that that's not how we've been winning games it's been you know it's been on the process and there's only one game to play uh be yourself once we felt like we find found ourselves then that's the place we want to stay so we need to be ourselves tomorrow um every game for the rest of the year for the Auburn Tigers is trying to do everything we can to, to stay on process and get favorable outcomes when we look up at the end of the day. So we got to make sure we train that and not feel like we got to, again, not do more, uh, not take the foot off the gas because it's hard to get it back. It took us a half a season. Well, half of SEC play. I think we started off the season fine. Uh, but it took us that half of SEC play to kind of find ourselves. We're not going to confuse things now. You've been blessed with nine World Series um, as an assistant and head coach and everywhere in between. Um, I, I would say experience has said whenever you come out of one of those and you tried to go like, we have to do more, that that's forcing the game and, and hadn't been great outcomes. It's, it makes things harder. Um, just once you find a good rhythm and you feel like everybody is – you playing toward their upper realm, especially a, collectively as a team, you want to stay. You want to be the same, and uh, that's that's really all we're trying to do. Get three players honored by the conference today. Could you, your reaction to those three teams? Yeah, I want them all. I want. <laughs> now's a good place to use the word more. Um, but th those guys are so deserving. 
and buddy, you play in the league. We won 17 conference games and we're the fifth seed. That's how good this conference is. You start going players around the field and that Bryson Ware's good. He's second team? Oh my gosh. Tommy White's a pretty good ball player. He's knocked in a bunch of runs. And you start going around the field and you do that and you can see what, how awesome of a league that you're a part of, that you play in, and how many great players. I go back and reference opening day major league, opening day rosters with 88 former SEC baseball players. That's where we reside in. Um, Ike Irish has been great. I think he was named the freshman of the week this week, George, if that's right. I think that's his third time in this freshman campaign. That's awesome. And I, I think, you know, I've overdone it with Case and Howell. I just Anything that comes his way is, is positive, and he's so deserving, and I think he's respected. Uh, and I think the <clears throat> references you're making about the All-SEC teams today is from our coaches in our league. So we, we got three of them. And uh, and um, that's a big honor. How important is mentioned a lot of you players, but you got a lot of veteran guys. Sure. How important are those guys in what can be long days at Hoover when you're waiting for weather and things like that? How important are those veteran guys to, to, to let guys kind of know what to expect? Yeah, it's the thermostat, right? So we did we had some air problems here a few weeks ago, and it was smoking hot. And I think the maintenance guy said, "Okay." You're talking about how hot it is in here. Watch this. So now we got jackets on, and it's uh, it's cold in there. Uh, the point is the same guys: uh, the Casins, the Larue, the Pierce. Um, those guys set the temperature. They set the rhythm, and all these other guys have to do. They've gotten in such a good leader leadership position. All these guys have to do is get with them. They have the they have the temperature of the room set. And all they have to do is watch your example because these guys, our leaders are locked in. You need your best players to play great, and then there's coach speak. And then um, if your best people are your best players, that's another good way to go about things. And we have a lot of that going on. So they, they set the rhythm, and they'll absolutely keep these guys in check. And as strong as any time I can ever remember, I, I think the whole team, I can just see it without having to say anything that they have the voice of the masses so as they do stuff I think they're being followed as well as I've seen a group of players uh, a team follow a, a, you know, a handful of leaders I know you're probably thinking about the game at a time but what's maybe the most difficult part of having to take a team to Hoover and trying to straighten it together yeah. I mean we've been there right so 18-19 those were kind of must wins for our season to continue absolutely been in the middle of that um 21 limping in, <laughs> barely got there. And, and last year, uh, losing uh, a game. Uh, so it's been a couple of years. I hope there's a little um, a little hunger, uh, a little fight. But, yeah, we can't look past Tuesday. We were, we were in this 5-12 game last year and lost it. And it was the same kind of scenario. We just played Kentucky a series and walked right to the SEC tournament and played them. We just played Missouri a series. And here we walk right in and and uh, going to play them again. The only other thing I told the team today is, you know, it, it's not like a new game. This is a continuation of a series. We've just taken a – maybe it's rained a couple of days, and this is game four. And so Tommy Vale's fixing to try to go through the lineup a second time. You know, he needs to pick up where he left off mentally. Had this happen a few years ago in, in, in Omaha, and uh, uh, first game of the World Series, had a starter go about six or seven – 
And then when we got to the end of that bracket, we had to play that same team again. It was the pack champion, I think, at the time. And so, you know, when you're seeing somebody again in just a few days, man, we, we picked up and we started to open the second game. We threw them the, the fourth at bat and the fifth at bat. So that's how we're going to approach it from a ball club. Some of our hitters are about to walk into their 14th, 15th, 16th at bat, and it's the last game they played. And so Missouri and that pitching staff has been working them and finding sequences. So to me, this is more of a professional baseball concept where we're picking up a, a fourth game in a series here as opposed to a, to a new game. So I, I don't know how they're going to play it, but that's those are the things that I talked about today instead of just going out and starting another game because uh, I think their starting pitcher started a game against us this weekend, uh, veil through, and I think both sides – you, every pitch being thrown late tomorrow night may be from a pitcher that we've already seen on both sides in this most recent three-game series. So I, I think there's a little – it'll be interesting to see the gamesmanship there. All right, I was pitched this way, and this is where they got me out. Will they continue? Or has somebody been in the cage working on that to take that away? And um, who's going to outthink or who's going to overthink? Or <laughs> you have all those things in play. But it's, it's interesting playing the same team for sure. And that is Auburn coach Butch Thompson spending a little time with the media yesterday. Auburn, Missouri, tonight. I feel pretty confident in saying that unless Alabama, Kentucky play a very long extra inning game uh, because they should be getting started uh, about the time we go off the air. And then Auburn and Missouri will play 30 minutes after the completion of the Alabama, Kentucky game. So uh, it could be around, uh, you know, somewhere between 9 and 9.30. Now, if the game goes really long, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they will start a game after 10 this evening. That was the regular season rules they were talking about. All right, we'll get to our final break here on this Tuesday edition of The Drive. Still time for you to join in. 334-321-1390. That's the IKEA of Auburn hotline as we wind things down on the Tuesday Drive. Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final uh, few minutes. Here on this Tuesday afternoon. Actually, it looks like they, uh, they're going to start this Alabama-Kentucky game a little earlier. Usually they say 45 minutes uh, between sessions. It's only been about, uh, oh, 35 minutes. So they, they got it, uh, I guess, things ready to go here. So if this game moves quickly, you know, it's 5.50. If they can play it in two and a half hours, 8.20. And then 30 minutes in between, maybe they they might even try to squeeze it down to, you know, five, uh, squeeze five minutes off. Somewhere in the 845 to nine range would be uh, would be the start for the Auburn-Missouri game. It wouldn't po- be too bad. As you pointed out during the commercial break, Alabama has played really well. There have been talks that uh, Louisville's coach, who I guess uh, made some comments today that raised eyebrows up at Louisville about 
about the uh, you know the, the commitment to winning uh, that they right. uh, that the university and the athletic department have across all sports, not just in the marquee sports. And uh, and, and some folks think that he might be on his way. You know that that could have been something of a. Uh, I don't know, Bill. Of Dan B- McDonald. Yeah, that could be a, a what a benediction. Maybe is that the uh, that's not, that's not the right word. A valediction, maybe on, on his on his way out the door. Well, I uh, mean, from, he's uh, they, he's been to the College World Series five times, but did not make the ACC tournament yes. this year, and that's where he was saying, you know, the commitment to uh, to baseball and athletics is something that he questioned today. Yeah, Dan McDonald is a uh, guy. He's been he's been at Louisville since the 2007 season. He has won over 700 games, 702, 289 and one. And uh, let's see how committed anyone is. He his salary is he, he makes over a million dollars. So he as was a Louisville. Coach. He was asked uh, after Louisville's last game of the season uh, about speculation that he was a candidate for Alabama's job, and he said, "Here's the quote." We want to be here. We love it here. But I want to work for people and be with people and in a group that wants to win. And don't tell me you want to win. Show me you want to win. That's all I asked for, and I think our fans asked for that. I think our players asked for that. I just want to be at a place that's committed when it's all said and done because the kids were recruited to be at a place that's committed. And ultimately, we're trying to get to Omaha and win a national championship, and that ain't going to happen unless we make a full commitment, unquote. Yeah, he is a uh, he is a very, very successful baseball player. I believe there's also been some pushback about a little bit like Calipari at Kentucky. I believe there's been some some sniping about he wants a new facility of some kind, and there's some disagreements about whether or not that's necessary or whether or not the current facility is good enough. And so when he's making comments about wanting to be at a place that's committed – uh, I hey, would, when, when somebody's taking you to five college world series and four other super regionals, I I think I might pay attention. Well, and and he might be if if he's not going to get what he wants there, one would think that somebody with a resume like that would have suitors across big time yep. college baseball, including and Alabama's got a. Pretty new facility there for baseball. Including potentially the University of Alabama, because this all kind of got started right. with, Dan, with Dan McDonald being linked uh, to the Alabama job by some media reports. Alabama and Kentucky underway, two down in the uh, top of the first. Kentucky, the home team. So Alabama batting top first. Auburn and Missouri to follow. Tommy Vale taking the mound for the Tigers. You know, one thing we didn't get to today, we can uh, uh, just quickly go over it. We were talking about it during the break. Uh, Athlon's preseason... All SEC teams announced today. There are four teams. Um, Auburn with five players on those total four teams. Only Vandy with four had fewer representatives and, on their preseason. And, and what was it you noticed that three of the three of those uh, three of the five representatives for Auburn are transfers? Right. Justin Rogers. Um, golly, I'm trying to remember who they were. Brian Batty. Uh, and who was on the fifth team? Uh, I think it's uh, Tolan, right? Isn't there? Or no, Keys. Austin Keys. Austin Keys. Yeah. You're right, Austin Keys. Jarquez Hunter was second team. Batiste, DJ James, third team. But T as a kick returner, yes. by the way, Mason. Specialist. So, yeah, yes, kick return specialist. Kick return specialist. But yeah, so three of the uh, three of the five players, and, and as Bill, I mean, Vanderbilt and Auburn are the only two places that... They're the only two teams, I think, without double-figure yeah. players on the four teams. Yeah, only two places that, that had single-digit uh, representation on the Athlon think, all-conference teams. So. Yeah, 
think Alabama had around 20. And, and you know, and, and I think some of that's when you have the kind of roster turnover that Auburn's had. There are a lot right. of players. That oh, are a lot playing. of questions. A lot of yeah. un, it's like, well, how are they going to be in the Southeastern Conference? How does that translate? So that's, that's what we're all looking forward to seeing. Auburn's hoping that they've found a couple of Ice, Osiris Torrances, right? I mean, you think about a guy who, oh, yeah. who was a, a group of five offensive linemen, went to Florida. I know the season didn't go the way Florida wanted it to, but Osiris Torrance was recognized as one of the best offensive linemen in the conference all season long. And forget where he was taken in the draft. Uh, we, we might effort that, but Osiris Torrance was a hot property uh, on draft night. As well, so that's uh, something Auburn's hoping for because they've gone out and they've added at, uh, at well now four uh, guys from the uh, group of five to compete on the starting offensive. That's line. right, among the twenty transfers. We're out of time here on the Tuesday edition of the Drive. Our thanks to Barrett Salee for joining us. Jason Caldwell should be joining us tomorrow, and I guess I should say hopefully by phone. But he's still in Birmingham. You know, following Auburn baseball. Again, we're out of time here on the Tuesday Drive.